Episode 4 of The Wild Show with Equity Kings. Welcome to The Wild Show. My name is Lumisho Ramodisa and I'm accompanied by my co-host Siabonga Chuma, man. Welcome, 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 welcome. It's been a while since we released the latest episode. I mean, we released it like two weeks ago. Sorry for the inconvenience, guys. But let's just get into it. A lot of things has happened. A lot of things has happened. We got the CPI numbers. Just a quick market update. We got the CPI market. March numbers or May numbers for 2021 and it looked pretty bad 5% year over year CPI and month over month is 0.6% that's a big gain guys that's a big gain although the previous month it was 0.8% month over month but then it's still going in this upward trend it's not being it's not transitory as the fed likes to put it but i mean we can argue some people have good arguments on whether it's transitory or not but we'll just get into that as the podcast continues so um we see nasdaq nasdaq was flat although it's about to break an all-time high s&p 500 just did it yesterday um before the feds um fomc meeting that we're about to get later on today this is wednesday it's wednesday the 16th it's um youth day in south africa i don't know where you are where you're listening to this podcast but it's youth day in south africa so shout out to the youth of south africa but um that's not what we're here to talk about and then we see gold we saw gold yesterday on tuesday we saw gold rallying it was a big jump it was an extraordinary jump i think it was trying to precipitate gold's move um when the inflation numbers hit so when the inflation numbers initially hit gold didn't do anything it literally just crashed i don't know why because i think that um i think the market is trying to tell us that the fed might might taper its asset purchases of treasuries and they might raise rates which is obviously dumb because the fed is not going to raise interest rates it's impossible see yeah think about this how can how can the fed raise rates whereas the debt in the economy is so great imagine if they just raise rates by 25 basis points 0.25 percent just a small rate hike and that will crash the whole system because that's what they tried to do in 2018 if some of you may recall 2018 2019 they 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 tried to taper purchases and then they pushed interest rates to two percent two hundred basis points and then what happened when they did that they had to reverse because the repo market spiked up to 10 percent and then they had to reverse and start qe again and do qe number five or whatever you want to call it so they won't fight inflation if in if this inflation truly is not transitory they will not fight it they don't have the tools to fight it so sia what's your take on this whole inflation argument of some people saying it's transitory and then like the whole media is saying it's transitory only a few people in the media are not saying it's transitory i don't think it's it's transitory but although there is a certain a good argument for the transitory um perspective so what's your take on it sia i first of all i just like to say to me show i feel like you have taken this podcast and inflated it you've just raised a lot of points so fast that i even couldn't get to introduce myself to the listeners because i wasn't there on the previous episode but anyways this is episode four guys and girls who are tuning in and we're about to talk about inflation of which inflation is really broad so we we are going to branch this conversation from the narrative of is inflation transitory or not 
as the listener, where do you lie between is inflation transitory or not? So in a nutshell, to those who are wondering what exactly is inflation, we could say an increase in prices of goods and services within an economy. Okay? That's, that's the most basic of inflation, rising prices. Okay? Less buying power. And inflation really goes deep. So to regular people, you might just be like, oh, okay, um, it affects my food, my transport, my electricity bill, and all that. And then we have other people who really have some longevity in this investing thing. Okay, as we mentioned before, those who think for the future. I'm going to make an example here. Let's say in that 30 years, <clears throat> from where you took your investment to that date if prices and interest rates and inflation remains constant at that fixed ratio let's say for for two percent okay cool for two percent and then here's what happens over a period of a decade or 10 years <clears throat> you decide to invest certain capital so i'm just going to make simple math so the simple math here is let's say the inflation rate is at 3%. And now you've got 10,000 for 10 years. Inflation rises to 3%. And then inflation ends up rising to 4%. Cool. And then you're making a 6% gain. Okay. Full on your portfolio. But due to inflation, you're 2%, of which is a lot of funds to talk about the least. So which dives into the fact that you want to broaden Dumisha and I of is inflation transitory or not. So we're going to play a lot around with the word transitory or not. So as I said, Dumisha already inflated this podcast. I'd just like him to slow down and then <clears throat> raise the first point and then we'll take it there. Okay. Yeah. I, I just wanted to welcome myself to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so my my point is, um, before before I just go on, I I stand with the argument that inflation is not transitory, and I'll make my argument. But I must say, in order for us to understand why is it not transitory, we have to understand why people say it's transitory. So here's the argument for inflation being transitory. So one of the reasons is, um, and I listened to um, this guy. He's a very very smart smart person. On, on I listened to his podcast um, so this guy Jeff Snyder he's, a, he's really smart like his mind he blows my mind away I mean his mind is already so huge he has so much data in his brains so you know what this guy says he says inflation is transitory right and then he gives the reason that he looked at 10 year treasuries right he said um, so what happened was 2000 right around the dot com bubble what happened was inflation was rising right at the same pace as we see today right those three times when it was rising at the same pace or rather four times but in this century it was three times it was during the dot-com bubble and then during the great financial um um great financial crisis and then now it's the third time 2020 2021 post covid so we have this whole thing outplaying us understand why is inflation transitory so the first reason is he looked at treasuries and he saw that okay so treasuries started going up the yield started going up because when the 10-year yield that's the interest rate on a government bond and it's a good indication of whether there'll be inflation or not so what happened was 
the yield was supposed to go up during in um because of the dot-com bubble but instead, increase in down. value yes yes exactly it was supposed to do that but then instead yields fell and then as the yields fell people were like people were like no we we we're gonna we think inflation is not transitory we're gonna ignore the bond market and we're gonna listen to the fed because the fed said they were gonna try and fight inflation right and then what happened was there was no inflation the inflation was transitory but i mean i can argue and say that it was only transitory because at that time the dot-com bubble burst and then people lost all their money so they weren't spending anything so that's why it was transitory because of the dot-com bubble burst late 2000 early 2001 dot-com bubble burst and then we had a recession and then alan greenspan the federal chair the federal reserve chairman dropped rates he basically did qe so what happened was after they did qe and if you guys listen to our intro episode we did explain what qe is i don't want to get into that so it's when the fed buys up bonds government bonds and they try to suppress rates so that the interest rates can be low and the economy can run smoothly in their words which obviously is nonsense the economy doesn't run smoothly they talk, they're just talking nonsense so second can you time, hold that thought yeah here's the thing guys <clears throat> with an economy we gotta know for every buyer there's gotta be a seller so the world we're living in is actually a market so the way you're gonna view it is there's x and y person okay there's x and y person okay so x is buy and y is the seller okay <clears throat> so here we are we have a tree this tree produces three apples okay listen carefully to what i'm about to say <clears throat> i'm about to blow your mind so this show is about giving you the forbidden knowledge okay this is the forbidden knowledge so i'm gonna i'm just going to make an example with apples okay so you've got three apples cool you've got three apples right We've got three apples and we've got 10 people within this economy. Okay. So now here's what happens. <clears throat> the government can supply everyone, all these 10 people with three or six notes. Okay. Just an example. The government can supply people like that. So I want you guys, to, I hope you're drawing this picture. We have three apples, we have 10 people, and then we've got the government of which the government can give these people six notes let's just say six notes okay cool the government can give these people six notes now here's what happens money cannot produce those goods so now because there is these 10 people and they've got six notes as the holder of the apples <clears throat> it's it's frank to me that there is demand okay because and where this demand comes from is that people are not working. We can't produce more apples. Everyone wants an apple, but we can't produce more apples. So now we have to price the apple high so that people are not really interested in apples anymore. <clears throat> of which now you see you've got more money circulation because when we talk about inflation being transitory, here's what we mean. Let me give you a lifespan of, uh, let's say you were born in 1980, <clears throat> up until recently. I don't think the bread price has ever went down since you were born. 
I think things like bread, which the government really, like in South Africa, the government really tries to keep stable at all costs for, for, for the low class. I think you can measure there that inflation is not transitory. Okay. And uh, let me get into interesting numbers of inflation. This this is a report by Stats Essay. Um, this is the consumer price inflation hits a 14-month high. So in the South annual Af- yeah in South yes, Africa in, in South Africa yeah yeah. So it, it reads like this: annual headline inflation jumped to 4.4 percent in April from 3.2 in March, mainly driven by rising transport and food prices. Due to the fact that the government did not want to pay out the stimulus for the transporting system because the government says you guys must also shut down. And then the reason they rose the prices so high exponentially, if you ask me, is because the government did not give them their stimulus check and they decided, oh, now we have to recover. And in order for us to recover, prices are going to go madly high. Mm. And lots of people don't even have jobs. So you see how it, it really created this massive gap mm. in the economy of people working and the cost of things. Even looking at food prices, as I said, bread is like the most basic indicator which you can look at. It always goes up. So which means inflation doesn't, it changes and it all for me i feel like it always goes up i've never yeah. seen inflation going down yeah we, but, we, ha- but we hardly ever see deflation yeah we hardly peter Schiff said this you don't know how this like with bitcoin when bitcoin kept going up like in tesla it's like it's just that the bubble keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger nobody knows when it's gonna pop but here's the thing when the bubble burst then you know shit's gonna hit the fan <laughs> yeah, that is true. I mean, Peter Schiff, like, um, he did mention, and with your, with your example about bread, or not with bread, with the taxis thing, it's not like after raising prices, they're going to come back down. No, those prices are permanent. It's already on, it's already up there. They're not going to drop prices. Are they that dumb? They're not going to do that. You just have to suffer. Like, that's how it is. That's the whole thing about inflation. Like, I think people. Mm. The people who are saying it's transitory, they're using the definition that inflation is a rise in consumer prices over an extended period of time, over a prolonged period yeah. of time. But then, like, it's that's a stupid explanation because at the end of the day, when, when these prices are going up, like CPI going to 5%, South Africa 4 point something percent, that, that, that those price increases are permanent. It's not like they're going to come down as people that the way the fed puts the word inflation is transitory it's like they're saying the prices are going to go back down i mean right now prices can go up 10 percent, and then even if it's still transitory quote unquote transitory it's not like the prices are going to go back down they're not going to do mm. that and the here's 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 the days there yeah mm. back on my part of the bubble getting bigger and bigger here's here's the tricky part with how the government needs to handle inflation the inflation needs to be handled in the manner that you know it doesn't skyrocket to the extent which it comes like venezuela and countries like zimbabwe you can't let it escalate up to that high and the only way to to not let it escalate that high is a country that is producing 
goods and had sufficient jobs for people now it's it's youth day today in south africa and then i saw some some really terrifying quotes and memes but otherwise if you look at it it's really factual that you know seven out of ten people are not employed in south africa which is the youth and which it's a large number if you look at it just means like 80 percent of the youth in south africa is unemployed now we could make this maybe let's say between let me say 20 up to 29 or we could use that 20 up to 29 a good chunk of that is unemployed what is our government doing wrong in times like these where we have COVID? So, Dumisho, <clears throat> i just like us to take a twist on this episode because we're always talking as to the government is doing this, the government is doing that, the government is foolish on doing this. Um, yeah. I feel like let's change the narrative of this show today and, and be like, here's what you and I think the government could do to bear the economy, okay? And with Can the economy, my answer. <laughs> okay, I'm listening. Here's here's my answer. Your question was, what can the government do to 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 prevent all of this from happening? Like this is actually pretty simple. What can the government do to 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 reverse all these problems? They must do absolutely nothing. Not the problem <laughs> is they're doing something. Yeah. Can I tell you why? Let me let me just explain why the problem is that they are actually doing something because we have to understand what a government is a government is a monopoly as we mentioned in our previous episode it was titled the the mafia the government the mafia i i mentioned that the government is a mafia i think i took that quote um that that analogy from peter Schiff because he's the king of analogies and i can see sia's also good with analogies like that <laughs> analogy spoke about, about. but <laughs> but Adam and E, this is the forbidden knowledge channel welcome to the world show this is the first time joining us please subscribe guys and show some love and support and push that yeah. like button yeah and i mean like what's happening is the government does too much because all they do is inflate the money supply because by definition inflation is an expansion of the money supply and then the symptoms of inflation or the effects of inflation could be rising prices it could be yeah rising consumer prices rising bond prices rising whatever prices but what government is doing is they have so much regulations i mean Ever since, I think ever since 2005, if I'm not mistaken, from my last knowledge, before Tabon Beki left office, what happened was government regulated the banking industry. They went heavy on the banking industry. So therefore, why do you think we only um, go to five banks? There's a big five in South Africa, or big four, whatever the hell it is. But then there's a reason why there's a huge monopoly in the banking sector and there's only big banks taking over. That's not what a healthy economy is. A healthy economy has to have thousands of banks so that people can compete. Banks can compete for the highest interest rates on their savings. What government does is they create a regulation that says, oh, banks must do this. They must protect their employees. This regulation is to protect the employees. But remember, the cost of of, of complying with regulations is expensive. So therefore, small businesses go out of business and big banks stay alive. And then therefore, they can raise their the fees and all those things. Look at things like um medical. Yes, I wanted to speak about this here. And I hope I'm not going off the, the topic because we spoke about what government can do. Look at medicine or the healthcare sector. Look at the health mm-hmm. 
classic example of government interference and now they're pushing for nhi national health insurance which is complete utter nonsense and our country's <laughs> not going to benefit from it so mm-hmm. what you have to do is get government out of the way let me tell you why what healthcare if you look at healthcare what happened was before the before i think before apartheid ended in 1994 or 1998 mm. when the real regulations started coming in before all these regulations healthcare was cheap Healthcare was cheap. And then what happened was when government regulates healthcare and does all these insurance policies for citizens and forces people to pay taxes like UIF and all these nonsense things, unemployment um, insurance and all these insurance things. And you know what's the thing? When you subsidize something, the government always talks about, hey, we're going to subsidize something and give people discounts. When you do that, if you give people discounts, what are private hospitals going to do? They're going to raise prices because more people are coming in demand and supply. it's not like there's more hospitals that are being built it's the same amount of hospitals but there's a huge demand therefore prices have to rise then you keep regulating it and then now when you get to the point where you you keep making subsidizing healthcare, you, the prices have to rise same thing with school so what the government has to do is Check. the government has to get out of healthcare. the government has to get out of education therefore ed- private firms can provide cheap education therefore no one has to go to these government schools this podcast episode is proudly sponsored by libertex arguably one of the biggest forex brokers of the 21st century libertex has a wide variety of financial instruments to trade with from currency pairs stocks energies and even a broader variety of commodities to trade i personally use libertex and the one thing i love the most about this broker is their incredibly low spreads Libertex has been operating since 1997 and has won over 30 prestigious awards worldwide and is even a sponsor for Tottenham Hotspurs. So click the link in the description to sign up and enjoy the perks that come with trading with a world-class broker. Welcome back listeners from the ad break. So we'll kick off the second segment by, by starting with the point that if we were the government what would we do such a key question or if you are the government what would you do you know as i said Sumish and i are always critiquing as to how <clears throat> the government is doing things this and that so i think now it's time that we gave some constructive criticism to our work and come up with the picture that we may see fit but there may be, there is loopholes here and there, but yeah, we're yeah. just going to give the gist of it as the author. So, first of all, I'll, I'll, I'll speak for South Africa, okay? Because um, I once mentioned this on the other episode that um, I feel that South Africa is a third-party economy. And now you may ask, why are you saying it's a third-party economy? Because I feel that our economy is more reliant on the partnerships that we have with other countries to create jobs in our countries, to increase the standard of living, social welfare, you know, those type of things. So this is what got me thinking. I'm like, in South Africa, we are a mineral rich country. First of all, we can start by saying we put gold up front. Who has gold has to make the rules. All right. Or the phrase goes like, who has gold makes the rules. 
So I'm saying we have gold. We have gold. Why don't we make the rules? Okay. Here's what I've got in thought. Okay. So first of all, I'm going to start by this point. We are a third party economy because we depend on countries like China for our products, tools, appliances, and most of the things we import them from there. Of which, uh, when we look at the exchange rate, dollar to the yen, the rand is still weak, but we have gold. Okay, we have gold. Moving on to the second point. Cool. We have countries like the United States who own diamonds in our country. Just to name a few companies: Anglo America, the Beers. Those are American companies. Okay, to make sure they are American companies. I know what the Beers is. Yeah. Anglo America also. Yeah. So it is. Those are the American companies which they've put their monopoly here. Okay. Uh, I just hope my identity sometimes remains hidden, because <laughs> hey, <clears throat> it's about to get hot in here. <laughs> I hope you're still a good listener. So now, here's another thing: we have the finest coal in South Africa. When I mean the finest coal, I mean the finest coal. We supply other countries like New Zealand. America, London, we do supply our A-grade coal. Coal, coal. Sorry, guys, got that word mixed up. Pardon me. Okay, and then come to look at it in our country, we have issues like load shedding, but we have coal. We don't own that coal, guys. It's owned by other countries. <laughs> The elites, the powerful ones. <clears throat> you could take a guess and fill in that blank for me. Okay. So now we have an issue in South Africa where we have load shedding, and the economy is trying to recover, and we have load shedding. This screws businesses over because it's during the day businesses need electricity to function, to make invoice, to mm. look. At System to make copies, to make calls, all those things. Funny how even the network disappears. Okay, so yeah, we, and, I, yeah. and just mm. to interrupt. And I mean, this thing about businesses without electricity. If businesses don't have electricity, that's bad economic growth. I mean, economic growth goes down. Is that right? Yeah, because mm. it also costs the business more to function. Because now. The business will have an extra expense of having to buy petrol and a generator if they don't have one to try and fill in those gaps, and over time that amount accumulates on the balance sheet of the company. So now we're going to move on, saying, okay, so now I've had a few pointers of what's happening, right? And here's another thing: there was an article that came out. Back in the years, I don't know, 2016 or what, that we import chicken from America. How pathetic is that for a country like South Africa, which has good land? We've got good land, which is fertile, and where are the skills of agriculture? Topic for another day. Okay, cool. 
So now I've, I've brought in this picture as to what other countries have monopolized in South Africa, right? Sweet. So now this is the culture that we've been given, culture of taking rules from other countries because basically they've plugged in their resources which actually belong to us and then they've given us rules. Okay. <laughs> going on, we are going to look at Japan. Now, if you are a history student, you are Frank of the Nagasaki bombing in Hiroshima, which was deployed by the United States of America. And we could argue, but here's the point I'm going to say is that the reason the United States of America decided to do that is because they wanted to remove China from the hierarchy of global power. Okay, because they saw that these people have got something going on. Now, maybe I'm sounding like this is a conspiracy, but yeah, we'll be touching on those two. Nah, right? It's not even a conspiracy, it's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. Yeah, China basically wanted to control. I mean, they were on the forefront of all these these conflicts and at those times, brah. Like they wanted to take over Japan at the same time they were supplying North Korea in the Korean War. So there's a lot of things going on. China just wanted power, and the US was like, nah, 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 nah. This isn't gonna work for us. You see? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now we're gonna move on to that point. So you see. If I'm correct with the date, it happened 1945, right, Dumisho? Yeah, 44, I think, 44, just before the end okay. of the war. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. Cool. So looking from that, now if we look at Japan and how the people recovered from that, um, my condolences to what happened, may their souls rest in peace. <laughs> ah. Let me carry on with my point. Don't disturb the listeners, to be sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> what happened is, if you look at Japan, China, if we if we see the culture that they had as a people and how they went about recovering, firstly, they had longer hours and they decided that they're not a, a real rich mineral country they do have those other what you call metals ferocious metals i'm not mistaken yeah that's the word they do have those ferocious metals which you use which you get strictly from japan or china which they do have a good niche in the market but besides that if we look at the culture of japan as a country of what happened from where they were and where the world is at with the country they've pretty done amazing for themselves they've done extremely phenomenal compared to all the other nations so basically the main point that i'm going to give you and listen to me carefully is that china is a country that got into the habit of producing things themselves i mean from low quality assembly i mean you might argue that it's cheap labor but they were able to get the skill of to invent things like if we check some of like old generation TVs or some of successful companies at this point in time, like Samsung, one of the best uh, TV manufacturers, like appliances, 
We've mm-hmm. got companies that are old like Sansui. We've got companies like Toyota. <clears throat> Look yeah. at Toyota in South Africa. Taxis, I mean guys, we've all been in the taxi at some point. And we <laughs> used and to, in, in South Africa, the number one public transportation is taxis and those are Toyota taxis. Now, you could say Africa was back in time bro, to to have developed this technology hence we don't have African cars. If ever they are, they are also third party cars which originally the belong to Japan. <clears throat> so going back to try and summarize these points is that what South Africa could do the culture they should endorse cause we have abundant resources. Well they could be limited but at this point in time we have abundant resources. Even our weather is phenomenal. So if we could if the government could take the taxpayers' money Please, there's that that's stealing from people. If they could at least take the taxpayers' money and maybe do it in this narrative, we <clears throat> we come up with ways to 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 make our own machines or buy other machines manually from Europe and make yeah. final product gold bars, make final product watches, have our own luxurious brands. I mean look at we have crocodiles here, but you're gonna get LVs Lacoste, all those other brands. So you see, we have a lot of resources of which we could refurbish into into the originality of the product. But yet again, there's a deep underlying story to that, which is a story for another day. So I feel like what South Africa is lacking to fight inflation, because this episode is all about inflation as we're talking. I feel like what South Africa could do to fight inflation is that the government should make sure that things are actually state-owned rather than selling. Because I feel that way, the circulation of power will be amongst the country. But yet, we've got too many loopholes. Yeah. So yeah, Um, over to you, Pumisho. I hope you you got the point, listener. I hope you got the point. If not, ish. I'll yeah. take your break next time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I get your point, right? Um, so, so my take from that is, um, what what I'm trying to think through is, so government right now is not doing what it's supposed to do, which is um, advance the economy, right? Instead, they're trying to build bureaucracy and increase their power and all that all that nonsense i didn't want to use the s word i didn't want to say shit but <laughs> i already said it so <laughs> but um what the government should do what i disagree with you i always knew i was going to disagree with you on something <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting for that i was waiting for that let's go see, pull out your guns yeah you let's see um, on, on your last point you said um you said that government or these things because our, you basically said it's a third world country. It's a third. Um, it's a third party country, and people they economy, not country. Well, they state. call us third world. I think there's a reason why they call us third world. Why do you think they call us third world for nothing but, when we have resources? Because they stay. Really third, I think we're in between that, between third world and no. first world. Yeah. Yeah, South Africa is in between, but either ways, Africa, third world. I mean, fuck, sorry for the stereotype. But yeah, so the like third world, meaning it's a third party economy. Whatever's going to happen within that continent. Yeah, because Africa is the poorest continent, bro, compared to other continents. 
yeah. and we have the most resources how ironic is that and then they call us the third world because it's a third party third party meaning that it's your land your ground but you play by someone's rules yeah and you see i agree with that right i think we can all agree it's a third party country so the mm-hmm. point is my where i disagree is the fact that you said that um so government should take our taxes and instead of using it on whatever nonsense they're wasting it on whatever bs they're trying to do they should at least <laughs> um <laughs> they should at least put it you're saying they should put it into things and i don't want to put words in your mouth but this is what you said they should invest it into these things like um minerals and whatever so that we can grow wealth the wealth is ours so my 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 i think i i have to disagree with that because first of all government cannot invest in anything because government investment is bad central planning is bad i'll give you one example why government look is- look wait look, yeah look 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 the narrative of my government is not that <clears throat> these establishments are going to be free no what the government my government is going to be doing this is me hypothetically speaking is going to be taking this money or this wealth or this funds and making structures within my economy which will raise opportunity and with it yeah no but a raised demand and supply somewhere somehow i will yes, not have to yeah, rely you can't yes Listen, you, but i will you not have do to it. rely on a sheep coming from overseas to deliver goods i will know that i have people here look okay carry on with your point i, I just want yeah, to let me carry on don't don't interrupt me let me let me just make my point and then yeah <laughs> because i think my point is is very powerful and you won't dispute it i'm telling you now you won't <laughs> so like back to my point like why i say government cannot do anything they can't they can't even invest money think about it we have gold right if we needed to sell if the government scss it must be state owned so that the government can use that gold and make money and create opportunities etc except when some central monopoly is doing that they don't have an incentive to make your life better they only have an incentive to make things free let me give you an example i'll give you one example it's it's a it's a classic example in the 80s 1865 if i'm not mistaken or oh, it was before the civil war before the civil war around the 1860s what happened was yeah. the american government right what the american government did was they gave they gave so this is what they do all the time so what they do is they'll they'll give this guy um a contract right they want to build railroads right so yeah. in order to build yeah. railroads they would have to give they would have to um collect money from taxpayers and give it to let's say a railroad company or some dude who knows how to build railroads so the government mm-hmm. does that so you might say this is capitalism no it's not so when government invests in railroads the guy who who is who is building those railroads from a government contract is not going to build it to his efficiency because that guy has no competition and that guy is probably going to make the railroads skew and make the railroads longer so that because for the government the government will pay that guy let's say for example for every single what's 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 one rail or whatever i don't know what a rail is so for every single rail the government gives him a fixed amount of money so this guy has an incentive to make sure that these rails are longer and inefficient so that the government can keep giving him more money it's basically corruption um wrapped around look, the legal processes look, yeah look look 
my system is going to be a smart system it's not going to be a dumb system first yeah, of all but, yeah but think, listen, about it. think about it like for you think about it why do you think why do you think private prisons right this is not capitalism mm. at all private prisons are prisons that are owned um by private sector right by the private companies but mm. the government is the one paying those prisoners do you know why the prison business is so profitable because if you want to get in the prison business you just have to make sure many people get crimes so many people get arrested therefore the government can give you more money because it costs a lot of money for every prisoner for each prisoner it probably costs like um 100,000 rand a year for to house every prisoner so obviously you as a businessman if the government is giving you money you want to make sure that you have as much prisoners as possible so you're going to arrest as much people no. as possible and you're going to keep costs down by um poor services in the prison instead of actual clean services so you see it's crony capitalism mixed with no. government because government no. cannot invest there is no proof of whatever you say sia whatever you say has no historical proof so there's nothing that you can compare to listen here's the problem of where our conversation is going i said my points and now you are finding loopholes and things that i didn't say but i could say based on the idea that i mentioned so listen to what i'm going to say to you obviously if i ought to to make that economy work i'd have to sit down with a lot of people intelligent people you know and and sit and look at the loopholes as you are saying the thing with prison or make sure that in South Africa the legislature says that it cannot be a private prison so some things will remain controlled and here's the thing we cannot say they can never be a government because that is foolishness okay what we can say is how can we make a new system that can work i think we could we could take it from there it can't see it can't because if okay if you say no private prison for example or no private whatever and the <laughs> government has to run it efficiently in your own words or apparently efficiently it's impossible because the economy has price signals and those price signals are set by the free market by free market capitalism where government you is see, you see there's your problem the only thing government is supposed to do the only thing government is supposed to do is protect your rights it isn't it's supposed it's not supposed to create some sort of world that you are proposing that's not what government no. is there for that's why government flops that's why free market capitalism wins it's historically proven sia you have Look, to get government out of the way see hence you're saying that last point is because you think that you and i i'm 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 arguing about socialism and capitalism no that's not the nature of this conversation the nature of this conversation is stipulating things that would work and as we can say now as i mentioned in my points that if you look at japan the culture of japan and you might argue i'm going to take out the dictatorship part but let's look at the culture of how they recovered from where they were what happened to them of how they grew and changed over generations and the things they are doing and the markets that they are dominating today in this world in this point in time I mean sometimes you could say testers from China. I mean Tesla does soup being from China, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't mean I to, to leave, but, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean even with Japan, so wait, I mean look at this. And this you'd want to argue about a point. I just wanted to end my point by saying I'm not going to argue a lot, but the listeners will argue for me if 
whatever they on my side so i let them take the side i want to end this by saying as i said because you are discussing about my point of making these infrastructures within my economy so that my people have doors and opportunity to make my system better so what i'm going to leave you with is look at jews that is the most flourishing nation when it comes to wealth and passing it from generation to generation jews you know what they do money stays in the hands of their family so since south africa is broad south africa as a family you got to keep the wealth in south africa that's how exactly. we got to flourish cuz yeah, trust me keep it in yes, the hands yes. of south africa as, as you love to listen government. sorry y'all let you get your point as you love to say unintended consequences you know what the unintended consequences is when these other countries decide and wake up and like fuck i don't like my business in sa call all those people and tell them fuck we're closing down you know what we're going to go into panic mode cuz now we so self reliant and here's the problem it's a culture and it's been said so to undo it it's really tough but once you're on the mindset of fuck self sufficient if mcdonald's closes down check nothing can replace mcdonald's if ever you could have other burger outlets but mcdonald's that taste you'll never have it ever again so hence i'm saying if ever it's from our country then we know we call the shots yeah so i'll leave it there to the listeners i hope you got my viewpoint yeah i think yeah. i think yeah i think what we can learn from here is i think one thing that we both agree on is that what government is doing right now is a flop although maybe i i think i also agree with you on the point that you say that it shouldn't be controlled by other nations it should only be controlled about by people in the nation i'm just saying that if people in the nation are supposed to hold those things it shouldn't be the government that's all i'm saying but i think you guys what i'm trying to say is let's think for ourselves let's not um look at whatever the narrative is as you can see see i was there he he just thought for himself he was thinking critically it's not something you learn in the textbook it's not like he picked it up from the textbook or anything textbooks don't say any of that nonsense because textbooks are <laughs> nonsense itself so you guys have to think critically you guys have to and you see as you argue we 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 brainstorm because this is what helps we brainstorm without getting offended you see we don't have to get offended we just have to speak like normal people and that's what we trying to get at you guys so thank you guys for listening yeah before you end it i just like to say this to the listeners sorry to jump in is that by the time people realize the conscious things dumish and i spoke about on this podcast and please make sure to follow us on our social pages and the page of the show and some people realize the facts and the things we think about in this episode i hope it's not too late please share it with your friend would really appreciate that see you on the next episode